Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Holy Ordinary. I'm your host, Laura Kelly, and uh, this week, this week's episode is a little bit longer than my episodes typically are, but I had an amazing interview um, that kind of turned into just listening um, to this amazing musician uh, talk about his life and perspective and music. So um, his name is Nick Jamerson. He's available on Spotify, iTunes, YouTube. Um, he has a website at nickjamerson.com that you can stream his new album on. And since it's a little bit longer, I'm just going to not give that much of an intro and go ahead and uh, let him introduce himself to you guys. So do you want to just start off uh, by introducing yourself and kind of talk about where you're from, um, what music has meant to you over the years, and how you got started into songwriting? Um, my name is Nicholas Jamerson. I'm from uh, Prestonsburg, Kentucky. It's a small town in eastern Kentucky. Um, I've lived here the last five years. I, I lived in Lakeson, Kentucky before that for about five years, and um, I went to school at Pikeville College. It's a small liberal arts school in eastern Kentucky. I played football there and um, music itself started out uh, in church. We were really involved in church growing up. My mom played uh, piano and uh, led the children's choir and um, so me and my sister were really heavily involved in that and um, for most, as like for most kids not growing up in like a, a big area where there's like, that's usually the only place to get into performing is, is church. And, um, it was just, it was just kind of a, it was a way of, of life for us. We were in church three days a week and it was just, it was just part of our, part of our routine as a family and um that was really where most of my music that, that's where i was consuming most of my music my dad was really involved in in the youth uh programs at church so he had access to a lot of uh early contemporary christian music that i, I wouldn't have otherwise had anywhere else and um Third Day, um, DC Talk, uh, yeah, <laughs> um, Casting Crowns, Newsboys. Um, there were some rap Christian artists that I really listened to a lot, and um, so that really consumed. I mean, I listened to I guess secular stuff too, but I mean. That was, I was really into it. I was really into church and I was really into, uh, to music. I felt like music just opened up the space to, to the Holy Spirit. And I really, I just really felt it, mm -hmm. um, when I was performing and, um, that's where I really, I still struggled with it because I was still kind of young and just awkward and I would, <laughs> I would get, uh, I would get very, uh, just nervous 
um, being vulnerable in that space. And I think kind of just worrying too much about being good or not. And um, so there was a lot of times that I was supposed to sing on Sunday morning and then I would come down with a sickness. My, <laughs> of course. My, my eye, but I mean, it was, I guess I would like just worry myself to death really. But, um, so like came a long way from that. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. So in some ways, um, mm -hmm. it's a slippery slope doing things for approval of people. Mm -hmm. And I think, uh, what I found in, um, as a musician and, and it being like your way of living and this sort of, you're trying to, you know, it's a capitalist sort of approach to it. It's, um, you can get lost in the not like it's, it's always been spiritual and it's always been that sort of experience for me, but you can lose that side of it just because you're just having to worry about, you're not always in a space that's conducive to just, um, especially if you're in a more secular world, like I had found myself in and um, my whole going from church to kind of just playing, I went from church to playing in bars. Right. <laughs> Pretty big <laughs> transition. <laughs> yeah, it is. And um, so I started writing songs when I was 19 and we were in, a, I was in a church group with some, some local friends and we would tour around Eastern Kentucky churches playing. And um, like I said, I'd played sports most of my life and there'd been like this battle between sports and, uh, music it seemed like it had to be separated a lot and and uh, I just kind of got sucked up into athletics my dad was a coach and um but about 17 is when I really started to transition away from so much like really being into sports and mm -hmm. really wanting to get into to music and like I said I was in a church group we were called crosswalk and, <laughs> and uh <laughs> um started writing songs that seemed like the the natural progression of things once could could play the instrument and we could play other people's songs and it was natural to get into songwriting and yeah um i was also during that time looking at a football scholarship to the school that i went to and i really wanted to pursue music in this way but you know when you're starting out playing music and you say you want to do that for a living. It's like, what does that look like? Nobody really knows. And, you know, talking to my parents, it's like, yeah, I'd rather do this than go to school. And they're like, well, you need to go to school. And oh, yeah. <laughs> that whole thing. And I I mean, uh, I'm glad that I did everything that I did. Mm -hmm. But looking back and like Joe own, it's like, I don't know that I would, I'm going to force college onto anybody just because I feel like when you're that age, you just, you don't always know what you want and you're not always making the best decisions. <laughs> yeah. That totally happened to me too. I mean, I wasn't being pulled between football scholarship and music, but yeah, it's, it's a hard time of life anyways too, because you're, yeah, 17, 18, 19, you're, you don't know your way around the world, but you like no. to think you do. <laughs> exactly you, know, you see it in front of you and you want to go get it but 
not always the best thing, I guess. No, well, <laughs> it just depends on how you look at it, you know, like cause right. I, I learned a lot of really hard lessons. Yeah. Yeah. If I didn't, if I hadn't gone through that, then I wouldn't have the perspective that I do on it now. And, um, I'm, I'm turning 35 on Saturday and, um, I've just thought about how much of the early parts of my life has been like, just like almost reactant. Like I wasn't even like really consciously thinking, directing. I was just like so overwhelmed by the whole experience of yeah. <laughs> living. And yeah. Um, and now it's feels felt like since 30, really it's like I, I've been undoing everything that I thought I was, you know? So, um, did that transition have to do, or like, um, so you were in crosswalk, then you went to college, played in bars and stuff like that, and then you were in Sunday Best, right? Yes. And you guys were pretty successful, um, but then I know, I'm, I'm not 100% sure on the story, but you guys ended up dispelling, and then you started doing your solo stuff, so like, how how did music play a role spe specifically starting your solo career and kind of learning to live in the moment and like embracing the present rather than just being tossed around you know um music has just always been a very therapeutic uh process for me and um there's an artist that i really love um visual artist alex gray that has a, a book it's called the mission of art and it's basically just talking about um the connection of sp our spirit and like and creative ventures as far as like art and well like visual art and music or anything really how it's how for him it's a it's a reflection of his inner spiritual journey and mm -hmm. um i think with Sunday Best, we we were a bar band and we we were just when you're in that in that setting, it's you're you're perpetuating a behavior essentially. You know, it's like people are drinking and uh, I mean, it wasn't always just a big drunk fest, but it was a lot of drinking and and about 2014, I. Um, I lost my, my grandfather and I hadn't seen him in, I hadn't seen him in a long time. He, he had been up in, um, the Cleveland clinic up in Ohio and I was just out on the road and he died and it just hit me really hard. Cause I was just like, what have I been doing all this stuff for just running around? And we had, we had played the Grand Ole Opry and Ryman Auditorium and done all these, but I just felt so empty. And mm -hmm. it kind of snapped me out of uh, this just heavy um, just substance abuse as far as alcohol goes. And because um, I think what I was, I was, I'd used alcohol for a crutch for so long, I think just to feel comfortable in my own skin and like the people that I was around. And, um, I think that music and writing songs, it's always been an introspective process. Even, even when you're writing for like other people. And in this case, I was writing a lot to like 
it's a lot of like romantic good time sort of centered and I don't know I just felt like there was more to life than that and um we broke in 2000 in 2015 and I moved home and it felt like it was just like this huge it's been like this huge come like I've been returning back to to God and and Jesus and like really like it's been such a hard um, roundabout way of, of returning. And uh, the songs have helped me sort of sort that out. It's been, it's always been like a, it's a, it's a sacred space to just let things out and um, sort of sort through things. And with songs, you have the benefit of performing them over and over. So some, what I try to do is get in such a state of, of freedom in these songs that I'm just like sort of a free, free, free flow. And I don't always know, like it means one thing in the moment, but, um, you know, a year later after singing it and hearing these, you know, it's like affirmations and positive, just, it's like I, I feel like they're lessons that keep on giving to me because I'm keep playing them and it's like I keep hearing them and arriving to them and it's like oh that's what that meant or it cha- you know it, it changes and um it's not been as successful you know it's 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 uh it's been really us like just starting over from scratch but um it just feels more authentic and and healthier and just um I, I feel like with music I mean our words matter you know in life and what we say it's like we say it and it goes it's like it, it holds a vibration and it goes out into this world and what are we saying what are we what are we putting out and I just I'm trying to not like I'm a human but I'm also trying to not be like just a victim of my humanness and not just be like a slave to my senses and my desires which I feel like I I was and uh music has just helped me sort of sort that out and and bring it to life and sort of separate myself from it and just get let me have a better perspective on it than just um just holding it in (laughs) right yeah I think the way I've heard it put before is like we'll always be human we'll always be within ourselves but through outlets like music or like art with Alexander Gray we can tap into the ceiling you know tap up into like transcendence and then like that can empower us to look upwards you know I think that's what's important is like music I think in general I don't know what it is particularly about like a melody or you know just like hearing words that everybody understands and like they say music is the universal language and it's like you can hear something that you don't know the the words to but you you feel what's going on and I think that's what makes it so like such a unique platform um, so I think it's really 
no mistake that you have that background in music. So I want to talk about how, um, so you're from Eastern Kentucky. Yeah. Um, have you heard of this book called Hillbilly Elegy, by chance? I have heard of it. I have not had the chance to read it. Okay. Uh, I, haven't, I haven't read it either, um, but I have had recommendations. And I think it's interesting how that book is seen as like given a voice to the people of particularly Eastern Kentucky. Um, so how do you see your music, especially your recent music, as giving a voice to your people? Um, I just think that there's a lot of generalizations when it comes to this area in all sorts of ways, um, drug abuse and poverty and closed-mindedness. Um, and I, I guess for me, it's easy for, I think, people being here to just fall in line with that narrative. And I think that when you look at the big, the big wide world that we live in of so much excess, there's not a ton of, there is people that live in excess here, but I'm, I'm saying like, we don't have, we don't, we're just not a lot of, um, there's just not a lot of industry here. And um, so I feel like a lot of people feel like they have, they they go without living here. And mm -hmm. um, I just, it's like songs. I, I try to, to write it. I, I'm kind of all over the place, but one place that I try to land with songs is like, um, like regionally relevant, like having characters and places and just words that people from here are, um, familiar with just because I feel like when you put things in a song or, or you create something with a theme that those people that that theme falls under or, or they, they they find common ground with it and I think that there's a potential for people to take more pride in what they have when they hear it in music it's like well shoot this person is um, they think it's special enough to write a song about it that I think that that has the power to lift people up. And um, so that's really, that's really, it's like trying to do that for, for people. It's like, if they don't have anything else, they've got a song written about their little holler that, that, you know, doesn't have anything but houses and people, but it's like, there's value in that. There's so much, there's so much to that. And, um, and transitioning into this newer, this newer stuff with just spirituality, I think that it's just like, it's so limitless. And I feel like, um, especially growing up here, I felt like God and religion sort of boxed. It was boxed in. Mm -hmm. It was like a lot of people took ownership of what God was and who Jesus was and who, who all these great teachers throughout like well if you believe this then that means you're this you know just like kind of blanketing and um i'm just tr i just i'm trying to i've it's like i'm just trying to come to peace like 
find my middle ground of what I believe and just hopefully through sharing my process that can that can help someone else come to peace with whatever God or, or whatever whatever that looks like because um, I've just been all over the spectrum with with my beliefs of of things and I think that there's truth in all of it honestly it's like um so I'm just trying to find the sweet spot of sharing that because it's like I think that there is power in going straight to like a praise and worship sort of Christian like saying the words you know like using the 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 Christian sort of terminology for spirit and what that is but I think there's also a whole different side of it that you, you can use other words that evoke the same sort of emotion in people. It's just like not everybody's looking through the same filter. So I just, I just am trying to find a way to speak to everybody and not just the people that speak. It's like speak Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. Christianese. Yeah. 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 So, and I, I speak that because I, I grew up in it, but, I've also just opened myself to other other religions and 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 just different different points of views and it's just like I I just feel like God is so vast and infinite and there's so many different forms of worship and uh like being in that 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 sacred space I feel like um we we have a tendency as humans to sort of sell God short and sell the whole experience short just because of the labels we try to put on on it. So I guess just trying to spread that sort of awareness too um, as much as I can. So it it really is a thing that fluctuates. Yeah. Um, so. So do you feel like what you're doing? can be used as like a like a unification tool almost between you know like you relate to this certain demographic of people you know you grew up you speak the language and then having songs that you're releasing like um about like mother nature and the gambler and all these different things the story of an average guy will you know who's in the right place at the right time, stuff like that. How do, do you feel like that's accurate? Like, um, cause everybody, like we were saying before, everybody speaks that language, but you you're coming from this background to where you can really reach those people who might find themselves stuck in that same narrative. You know, like they feel like they have to fit into a certain identity and stuff like that. Yeah, a- absolutely. It's such a, it can be such a helpless and, and lonely feeling when you feel like nobody understands what you're going through. And I think, gosh, I think that, um, fellowship in that sort of space is so important to humans. Mm-hmm. And, and again, I think we shut ourselves off to it. If, if we feel threatened, um, in some way, or we don't agree, um, with with whatever this group is is 
preaching or believing. And I just think it's like, it's like just looking past the labels and the, and the narratives that we've been accustomed to. And like, just, I just, I, don't, I guess just seeing the, the, the universal truth that's behind it all. So, um, it's tricky because we're, we're all humans and we're all going through our same processes. And it's, like I said before, with doing this for a living, it's like, it's so easy to get in this trap of like, you do this and then there's, this is going to come from it, you know? So I hope it's a unification thing. I think that I also tried to be really subtle mm-hmm. um, and with this record. Um, so the whole record itself, like will of the wild frontier is like our divine will. That's like my, that's what it's like based off of. It's I, I personified him through this character, but it's like the principle of our will. And each song is sort of loosely based on seven deadly sins. That's sort of what, what um, kickstarted the whole thing. And then I, I also took a look at um, just virtues just because I, I wanted there to be, just what each of those words mean to me now as an adult and not it's like you hear those, those words as a child and you just don't always, you just don't always get it. And it's not always um, conveyed in a way that it's like really um, useful. It's more (laughs) of like, just like this is a thing you should be afraid of it. You should avoid it that's that's enough it's like a really surface level youth group talk what's that youth group talk yeah exactly and um it's like what does that how does that apply in real life and um so because i don't want it's like i just i just it's like where i'm at in my life now with like preachers and like what that means it's like i want teachers i don't want necessarily preachers i mean i'm i'm i like i think that we need to hear things that are hard to hear about ourselves like hard truths but i also need like to know how i can take information and apply it to my life so i don't have to continue to suffer and continue to do the same destructive behavior (laughs) you know because i yeah uh and and not just feel like i'm all I have to worry about is, is where I go when I die, because mm-hmm. I'm like, well, what about now? Yeah. What, 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 what information is helping me heal and take responsibility for the reality I'm living in now? Yeah. Yeah. I think we have a tendency or in the Christian community, there's a tendency to resign preaching to, a man in a pulpit mm-hmm. um, who's kind of hunched over and pointing his finger at you or something like that. And um, it always ends up in the, well, where are you going today? Or conversation, you know, if you walk outside and it, you get struck by lightning, you know, what's going to happen? The problem is, I think, and I, I think this is where the church is shifting, I, in my opinion, um, or I hope it is, is more to language of participating in the kingdom and the kingdom is around us, you know, rather than, um, 
did you or did you not say a certain prayer? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think lots of times what people need to hear more is preaching from the trees and from the birds rather than preachers from the pulpit. Because that's what preacher, preachers originally are supposed to be, is more of a teacher, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's, it's hard to reform that, I think, at this point. <laughs> well, it's just not something that's going to happen all at once. It's right. all this stuff is really, it's really indoctrined into people and it's really it's just deep it's like it's just yeah. generational and, and all these problems that i think that are coming to the surface in 2020 it's like this didn't just happen overnight and it's not going to go away at night i think it's just being revealed right now and it's like okay so what are we going to do about it mm-hmm. you know i think that social media and all that is it can be a really uh um transformative platform but at the end of the day like sharing a meme isn't changing anything i mean it it may bring an idea to somebody but as far as our day-to-day lives like that takes so much responsibility and so much commitment and so much just like willpower to to really change and and to like yeah just to, to to be different to make you know changes so um Yeah, I, I've i really, there's a line in one of those songs that it's like, um, it meant it meant one thing when I wrote it, and then it's changed. It's like a man fell in love with a the Savior. They they said that Jesus would bail him out, but then, that, then you blame it on the devil to crucify rebels and never see what life is really about. It's like, um, I think initially I was, I was kind of being sort of, um, not derogatory, but um, I can't think of the word I'm trying to use, but essentially it was like people could claim Jesus and use, use Jesus's name in vain almost, but then they would turn around and like chastise people for like, because of like the sins that they, that, that other people have, other people commit, but like, you're not really like looking at yourself for anything. And, Right. Um, and now it's almost like where I had this shift because I was really jaded from church and the whole Christian narrative. I felt like I went to college, liberal arts school, and we had world's greatest living religions. And um, and there's just hypocrisy. We're human. Again, we're, we're right. hypocrites. Like we are. And, and like understanding that too. But I was just like, well – in this space, it just seems like everybody's supposed to live this way. And if, if it's contradictory, then it's a lie. And it's like, well, that's not true. That's, that's, we're humans. And, um, again, I think what I had done is I had like blamed the devil. I had, I had blamed the devil and, and blamed how I felt like people had misused Jesus and like how they had, um, just sort of used his name in vain and, and and abused abused his whole message for power and control and but i i came to this place where i was like well that's not jesus's fault you know so why am i shutting myself off to this teacher this master um 
because of other people and because of what I felt like how it was being abused. So, um, again, it's just like writing these songs in that, in that space. It's just like, it just gets deeper as, as we go. So I think that's just with, with the teachings of the Bible and, and any sort of teachings, like we, we can't, we're not going to get it all at, at once. So it's an interesting journey. So what advice do you have for somebody who's jaded by the church, but sees that there's something else up there? I think forgiveness is, is the first thing is just, not holding a grudge against people for, for, and that's very hard to do. It's so hard to forgive when we feel like we're justified in, in our feelings, but, um, and it's hard to like have open dialogue about differences because we identify so much. seems like we can through our perspective. Um, and we become so rigid that we don't listen. And, and I think, um, you know, it's also like being gentle on yourself and not like having expectations for what you think it's supposed to be. And when I sort of gave up control of like what I thought that was supposed to be, I, I, I kept like, even in like just going to churches and I'm not, uh, I don't go to church all the time. I, I don't do that. Um, for for it's it's a lot of ego really it's just like just the whole process of doing it um but i think just seeking like don't give up on like if you have that feeling of to me it was like i know i i the holy spirit if you have the if you have that feeling of the holy spirit it's like just keep following it and and don't it's like we can find that everywhere I, I do believe that. I think that we all have our our karma that we have to work through here on earth. And like, we're going to have to go through it regardless of where we um, seek refuge. Um, so it's just like, keep an open mind, open heart. And it's like, if you believe in an omnipresent force of nature, then that's everywhere. So I think it looks different for everybody and it changes and it it really is an ever changing thing. You know, there's some days that I I really have been into yoga and meditation and like I find God in that space too, you Mm -hmm. know? So, um, if you can, if you can find people that you can fellowship in that, in that space, then to me, that's, that's church too. And, um, I don't know. I feel like I could talk all day about that because it's just so, it is so universal. And, um, but yeah, just my grandma used to say, don't cut your nose off and spout of your face. <laughs> so it's like, don't, don't cut off these people. Cause, cause it's like, you're judging people because you think, you know, their heart. I think when you, are mad at the church because it's like I think I was just mad because I was 
I misinterpreted things and I thought things were supposed to be a certain way and they weren't and I wasn't able to look at myself I think I had a hard time hearing things that I needed to hear it's like because we're we're just we're not perfect and we need to be corrected and we need to be like like we need to have destructive behavior pointed out to us um and that's hard to hear when you're listening through like wounded ears and mm -hmm. seeing through wounded eyes and i think there's so much self-preservation that we try to protect ourselves that it sh we shut ourselves off to to hearing anything because we're just like, Nope, I'm in my bubble. And you know, I think that when I see people talking about how they're ready for things to go back to normal, I say you're ready to go back to your world of distractions where you have nothing triggering you at all. And it's like, cause that's how I feel like <laughs> doing that. It's like, yeah. I feel like that's what's happening now is like everything that, that bothers me. It's like coming to the, it's all coming to the surface. And mm -hmm. for me, it's like the only thing that, and I've done, and things that I've done, like I've shut myself off of social media because it was just like, it was just sucking the life out of me. Yeah. And I was, I was getting on like these, I was preaching. Basically I was like saying what I thought needed to change. And then when I stepped away from it, I was finding like I still had this unresolved within me. And I think it was because I had things within myself that I'm not coming to terms with. And, um, it's just, it's a, it's a hard thing to look at yourself and take responsibility fully for what, what you do. And, um, you know, I think like I said church church can be good for that. Obviously it depends on, the perspective of the people speaking. But like I said, once I let my guard down and just like would go and be open, I was like, Oh my gosh, I've shut myself off to so much useful stuff that I wouldn't have otherwise been, been exposed to just because of my, my ego. So. That's honestly a, a really interesting comment about the social media thing, given that I feel like you're, a person more in the public eye um especially like in your region i'm sure yeah it's i think that social media is a scapegoat and i think that it's easy to put your stuff on the rest of the world and blame everybody else for why you're unhappy and it's um yeah it's like like i said we, we go there and we just expect explode all these emotional topics on to other people and like I said I I was just I stepped back and it was like okay it's maybe this is just an outer representation of the inner struggle that I think we're all battling right now it's like it's bring all it is bring so much especially when I don't release because it, it is like an emotional release on, mm -hmm. on social media. It's like you say all this stuff and you give it to people and then, you know, some people will, they'll go, they'll side with your story and then some people won't, you know, it's like this whole thing, but 
you step back and you actually sit with those feelings and it's like, dang, it's me. (laughs) It's me and the reality that I've created for myself. So it's like, we're all living. It's like, we're all these different perspectives trying to coexist in one. And it's just like, maybe we all need to shut up and just like look at ourselves. Yeah. So I don't know. Definitely. I know there's like a whole idea out there about how it's not really us versus them anymore, but in, in like the 21st century now it's like, we're all dealing with our own certain frame of references and worldviews mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And sometimes we need to step back and realize where we're actually working from and how that affects the way we treat others, view others, talk about things. And I think that's really helpful, honestly. Um, so what you said that people want to go back to their normal. So what do you think the new normal should be? I don't know. (laughs) That's a good question. Um, I just want to be more, just try to be as aware as I can of my own behaviors and and just take more responsibility for myself and my actions and um, just be, just try, I think now I'm just trying to be as present as, as possible. Um, like you said, I think the kingdom is around us and it is within us. We just have to let, um, we just have to let some things go some of our frame of references, like you said, I think that, um, I feel like there's been like this habitual state of tension that we've all sort of lived in after uh, just a life of, of living and the more pain and tragedies that happen, it's like, it just adds to this weight on, on our backs. And I think it's just learn for me. It's like learning how to like see and listen and hear things that maybe I don't necessarily, it's like not my reality. Um, but like really hearing it with an open heart and mind and, um, just sort of letting it flow, flow through me more, I guess just being more empathetic and, and, um, I don't know. It's it's a really hard thing to do, obviously, to to just always be in a peaceful state. But I, I'm just like, well, shoot, shouldn't that be my priority all the time? Mm-hmm. You know. So I don't know that there's any going back to. There, there is no going back to how things were before. Um, I think it's, uh, it's like accepting you want the light, but also accepting the darkness in this world and not, it's like in our own darkness. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, um, I don't know, just trying to just take, taking, I'm trying to take responsibility, like I said, for my actions and my thoughts and, um, 
I really don't know what that looks like. So I think half the piece, you know, like you said, shouldn't we always be trying to live in peace? But I think half the peace comes when you just are looking towards living in the peace. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Yeah. Visualizing it, knowing, knowing what that looks like mm -hmm. for sure. Um, I said yoga has been really good for me because it, it gets me in that space. Um, I wake up with a lot of back pain and, and with yoga, um, you know, it's like releasing emotional energy. And so I think pain is part of the process. Like it, I wake up in pain, but I, so I move and, and then the pain subsides and it's like without that pain, would I move? I think that's such a reflection of, of earth, of earth and, and this, this plane we're all on now is like, if we didn't go through these painful things and we wouldn't know, we wouldn't change. We would be complacent right. in, in how things are. And, um, it's hard because you're like, well, I don't, I want to feel good all the time. Yeah. And so, um, it's, yeah, it's like, it's just practicing peace as much as you can. And t today I went to the chiropractor and he, he did some uh, acupuncture on my back and he was talking about how I've got this muscle in my, in my, between my shoulder blades that is like habitually just tense. And I, I think it's from a lot of things of, um, it's injury. It's, it's playing sports my whole life. It's getting old. And I also think it's like, uh, fear this like self like kind of protecting myself and shutting myself off. And he said, you know, if you keep coming back, you know, then that muscle will get used to being relaxed and then it, it'll, it'll stay released for forever. So it's kind of like what you're saying. It's like you practice peace and you visualize peace and then you become it, you know, it, it, yeah. it becomes a habitual state of being and, and, but that just takes so much work. It, it takes so much. Like, I think that's another thing with God and, and like, it's a miss, a miss interpretation that I had as a young person was like asking God for these things, but not really knowing what it meant to get them and like how, how to receive it. And like, I feel like almost like, um, like, yeah, again, we, we learn more from our pain than we do from from our blessings. It's like, yeah. or the, a, the pain is the blessing. Yeah, there's a there's a quote from a movie um, that it's called The Thin Red Line. And uh, it says, uh, one man looks at a dying bird and thinks there's nothing but unanswered pain. Another man looks at the same bird and he feels the glory. Mm. and it's like you know you can choose to look at your pain like your back pain or something like that and just feel like why is my back always have to be in pain or you can look at it and see that kind of pain is like refining you absolutely but that's a hard thing to do because it's total you have to totally adjust the way that you view things to your frame of reference you have to totally just shift it reorient yourself Absolutely. And that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's hard. 
it's hard when you've, when you've lived a certain way and you've just, mm. for me, it's like fed all these desires, just, just like unconsciously. Yeah. And then you put your foot in the ground. It's like, no, I'm not going to do that. And like, you're basically reprogramming the flesh and the flesh will fight back. And, uh, so yeah, it's, uh, it's such a trip getting older and like, like just having deeper realizations of things. And, um, you know, it's like, sometimes I feel like I'm like, okay, I got it. And then something will happen. It's like, I don't know anything. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know anything at all. The best part about that is that that's probably going to be that way for the rest of your life. (laughs) It will. It will. And that's, but I think that's good is like when you understand the ebbs and flows of it, then you don't, react so much when you get thrown off a little bit it's like Mm -hmm. I think that now it's like anytime something something difficult happens it's like that's an opportunity to to lean into God and to call Mm -hmm. on the Holy Spirit and like test your faith essentially you know it's like walking by faith and not by sight and that that whole thing and it's like yeah it's like really practicing what you preach you know and it's uh up and down so like i said if you but if you you get old enough that you're like okay things come in waves and it's not always going to be uncomfortable and it's not always going to be we don't have we can let go of the pain and we don't have to hold on to things and sometimes we have to revisit things to 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 learn again it's uh it's something happens so, I guess <laughs> yeah it does I mean that's that's it's just a wide open world and right. the way things uh, come about it's just like yeah well I bet know. you didn't think you would find yourself in the Ryman at the Ryman no you know, when you're in crosswalk <laughs> no definitely not I mean I couldn't I still it's hard for me to even like really conceive that at all because well like the so the band itself with Sunday Best was like I played acoustic guitar and sang and then uh my friend Chris he he played a cajon which is like a box drum you right. know so it's just like when we first started doing that people were just like what is <laughs> what is this and what is that and and it's like then we end up yeah on the stage at the rhyme and it's just like <laughs> it's just it's <laughs> yeah so but it's 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 just given me I, I think that I'm pretty I can be kind of backwards and reserved in s- some ways it just depends on the situation and music has really allowed me to just it's it's knocked a lot of walls down for people i think that when people experience someone playing music and being vulnerable they they tend to sort of let themselves go to and it's just allowed me to talk and speak and connect with so many people and yeah i just like i said I've, i've been felt called to do more and just sort of not that my perspective um it's not i'm not saying it's even right but or or wrong it's just it is what it is and i just want to 
to share it. It's just a story, you know, basically that I'm, I'm trying to help. I just want to find common ground because I think, again, we, if, if we're talking about an omnipresent God, then God is in you. God is in me. God is in everyone and everything. And I think it's learning how to speak to that part of each other is what I think is going on in our collective right now is like all these ugly things are coming to our surface so we can let go. It's like we're letting go of what we are not, but we have to face it before we can let go of it. And and I think music has the power to do that. So I appreciate you having me on here and let me talk about this. It was really surreal when you sent me that message because this whole record, like I wrote it about all this stuff because I wanted to talk about it. And it's like with, with records and the whole, this is my 10th one. And the whole process of a record is like, you make it and then you go run it into the ground talking about it. Right. You know? And, um, so I'm like, well, if I'm going to have to talk about stuff, I want it to be meaningful. I want it to be useful to people. I don't want it to just be self-serving to the senses or think again, there's part of that, but um, I just think that there's, we've had enough of sensory, like just satisfaction in the world and we need more spirit and more connection to that. And, um, just trying to do whatever I can do to help help usher that along. So we all have our parts to play, I think. So thanks again for listening to this episode of Holy Ordinary. I hope you enjoyed it. And you can find us on Instagram at Holy Ordinary. Please leave comments. And otherwise, we'll see you next week.